Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey there, everyone. It is time for us to do our next installment in our Memorize and Meditate series for 2023. Today, we are going to look at Psalm 66, and we'll do that right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay. Just as promised, we are marching through the Psalms in 2023 with this whole theme of meditate and memorize God's word. We want to know what it looks like to abide in Christ. He talks about this when he talks about, I am the vine and you are the branches. And the key to our life in him is actually abiding in him. And then we all want to know practically what does that look like? Well, it practically looks like we abide in his word. We spend time in his word word. We marinate in it. We sit in it. We meditate on it. We memorize it, right? We let it just permeate all of our lives, our thoughts, everything. So what I've done is I've taken 12 passages this year, specifically out of the Psalms. And once a month, we look at one of those. And this month in the month of July is Psalm 66. And I have to tell you, 
I know I say this, but I wish you could see my desk for one thing. I've got my Bible open and folded in three different places. I've got my notebook with my notes. I've got a reference book I want to tell you. I've got the passage printed out and marked up. I've got all of this in front of me and a thousand things I want to share with you. And so I know I'm not going to get it all out today, but I just want to say, I just, my prayer for you as my listeners is my prayer is that this little bit of time that we have together where we're, whether we're doing an M&M, a meditative memorized passage, or right now we're currently also doing a study in the gospel of Mark or whatever it is we discuss here. I just really, really hope my prayer is that it sparks something in your heart, your mind, and your soul, that you want to get out God's Word. You want to dig in, to dive in, to go deeper, and to seek the truth, and to live the truth. That is my prayer. And even as I'm sitting here in front of all of my notes, and even though I think I know the order that I'm about to go in, I know That when our time is up, I will not have covered everything I want to. And so, again, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will guide our time as I'm speaking as a result of my study and as you're listening wherever you are, and that He will just bless you because I know that He always meets us exactly where we are. And He certainly continues to meet me this year as we planned out what we were going to do for the year a little bit ago, right? And yet I just I'm I continue to just marvel at how God just meets me exactly where I am. And today's passage in Psalm 66 is no exception to that. Again, it just exactly speaks to what I'm walking through right now, what I'm facing right now. And so Again, I want to dig into this, dive into this. There is a PDF download study guide over at rachelcarmen.com. If you want to go over there and pick that up, makes for a great tool to print out and mark it up and really dig into the passage. Again, my challenge is that you would read this passage like every day for a week or something like that, maybe every Tuesday for a month, and just let it just seep into you, just bless you over and over and over as the Holy Spirit teaches you more and more about who God is and where you are and the plans he has to you for you and the opportunities that he has in front of you. So let's get started. I don't always read the whole passage and I'm not going to do that today. I think I'm going to end up reading it in just bits, but I've got several different things again that are striking to me about this passage. And to me, the word that comes to mind as I read Psalm 66 is the idea of remembering. The whole idea of remembering, 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 calling to remembrance who God is and what he's already done and what he's promised to do. I think it's very easy. For us to get distracted by our responsibilities, good responsibilities like dinner, (laughs) your family appreciates that you're responsible for dinner, or maybe taking the kids somewhere or meeting your husband or doing something for him, uh, cleaning your house, right? All of your responsibilities. It's very easy for us to get caught up in just the everyday, all that we have to do and forget about who God is and what he's already done. And I think that that's one of the real challenges that to me grows out of this passage is it's really an invitation for us 
in the midst of all of those daily responsibilities to take time to remember who God is and what he's done. And that really is what this whole idea of meditating and memorizing is about, is to have the things of God always in our mind, because that actually is the ultimate filter, right? If we have thoughts of God and the truth of his word set in our mind, then we have the ability to filter out the lies of the enemy, the distractions of the world more readily than if we don't have those two things in place. And so I think that's really what the psalmist is writing about here is a good opportunity. Remember who God is and what he's already done. And so I have written down 10 10 admonitions that the psalmist says. He says, shout, sing, make, say, come, see, bless, sound, come, hear. So the psalmist is invoking action on the part of the listener, right? You and me as the readers. He's saying, these are things that you need to do in response to God's mighty deeds, what God has already done, his answer to prayer, right? And so then he goes through recounting what God has done. So again, I'm going to sort of go through Uh, verse by verse, pulling out different things, pointing to different things. But again, I'm going to say at the beginning, we can't possibly squeeze out every drop that is here. So I'm going to dare you to do that at your own luxury. And I'm going to dare you just to lean into this and just enjoy it. And again, my prayer is that somewhere along the discussion today, you'll be like, ah, I want to chase that. I want to see more about that. I want to understand that more deeply. And in that case, I want to invite you to get out a good study Bible and do just that. So he says, beginning in verse 1, shout joyfully to God all the earth. Now, you know, just right here in verse 1, the first part, I just want to say, you know, we are in a culture now that shouts takes the name of God in vain often characteristically, but they're not doing it as we're instructed to do it. We are instructed here, shout joyfully to God, all the earth. We are to shout his praise, um, not calling a curse, not using his name as a byword, but saying about his blessing, praising him. Verse two says, seeing the glory of his name of all the things that you and I can sing about the glory of his name is the highest order of things that we can sing about second half of two make his praise glorious you've heard me speak over and over and over about just in my mind the beauty of the praise of creation whether it is the buzzing of the bumblebee or the wing fluttering of a butterfly or the bird chorus in the morning or the cicadas oh the cicadas those that's just like the consummate summer sound in my mind is the song of the cicada late in the afternoon with the sultry temperatures here in charlotte north carolina that is just beautiful to me and i believe they are making his praise glorious in so doing because they were made all creation worships him and they were made to worship him and that's exactly what they're doing verse 3 says this say to god how awesome are your works your deeds the things that he's already done because of the greatness of your power your enemies will give feigned obedience to you So we need to 
to actually say out loud, how awesome are your works? I remember just the other day, one of my most favorite creatures in my garden is something called a hummingbird moth. Yes, it's a real thing. Look it up. And I've only ever seen one every now and then. Almost every year I have one visit my garden. And I will admit it is a special pleasure and joy and blessing to me when I'm out there and I see this little hummingbird moth. Take some time, look it up. It's just a dear little creature. It's a moth. But it looks like a hummingbird. It's about the size of maybe your thumb. And I believe that those moments of just awe and wonder, when you just see God's creation, maybe you see it um, on the smile of your kid's face when they figure out a apple at, or when they share with a friend something out of their picnic basket, or maybe you see a kind gesture, a gesture across a crowded room, or maybe it's the smile on your husband's face. Any of those little things, it says here, how awesome are your works? When you see those things in creation, the spider web, or when you see other people interacting in a way that glorifies him, that it's our honor to say to God, how awesome are your acts? Perhaps it's an answer to prayer, right? So often, way too often. We receive an answer to some prayer that we've prayed, and we just move on. We we don't even acknowledge it. We don't even thank God for it. It's just as though we act as if he owed us. Of course, he was going to do it because he was obliged to do it. And that's not true. Um, we do a lot of things as moms for our children, and it is for their good and for blessing to us when they actually thank us for that. A grateful heart is a good thing. And in this verse, just in verse 3, it says, Say to God, how awesome are your works. You're acknowledging that he is the master creator of the universe and that he's at work in his universe, in his world. And so that is a great thing to do. Verse 4, it says, All the earth will worship you. And will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. Yes, they do. All of the earth will worship him in the days to come. We That's a reference also to a complimentary verse in Philippians 2. Every knee will bow. They may choose against that now. And God gives us a choice. And he will not force anyone. But one day, every knee will bow and worship the king of kings. Verse 5 says, come and see. So these two words are in tandem. Come and see. In other words, come, pay attention. Come toward God. Come towards the things of God. Come toward the people of God and see the works of God. I think this is also an invitation for you and me to get out into creation and come and see. Come and see. I believe that the enemy has been so successful in distracting us from the things of God, just basic fundamental things of God in creation. And we're distracted by our to-do list, our responsibilities. Some of those are good, and some of them are taken to a bad extreme when we want to be perfectionistic in them. But I think the distraction with screens 
takes us away from being outside and seeing the wonder and the glory of God. You know that I am all about being out in creation. And even as I sit here recording this today, I'm looking out through uh, two windows and I can see the beauty of creation. There are birds going back and forth. I have not seen a butterfly yet, but hope to. I've, I've got a beautiful view of God's creation just right out of this window. And that is something that we need to acknowledge, the works of God, his creation. It says he is awesome in his deeds towards the Son of Man. This is general revelation. Romans 1 talks about this, that we're without excuse. God has revealed himself in creation. Obviously, there is a creator. When you look out your window, you can see evidence of that. In verse 6, he picks up saying, He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. Let us rejoice in him. So this recalls what God did in delivering his people from Egypt. And you'll remember they crossed on dry land. Only God could do that. He did that. Verse 7, he rules by the might, his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. We live in turbulent times, and it is very easy for us to get distracted with those things that are going on around us. But here again, we are assured that his eyes, God's eyes, the sovereign reigning king of the universe keeps watch on the nations. Right after this, we'll pick up in verse 8. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Okay, picking up in verse 8, we have another verb in our list of 10. Number 7, it says, bless our God, O peoples, sound his praise abroad. In other words, we need to make much of this. People need to know that we are in the business of blessing God. We need to sound his praise. Other people need to hear us praising. 
It is contagious when the people of God dare to praise the goodness of God. And I would boldly suggest to you we don't do that enough. Just as it is easy for us as women when we're together, it is easy for us to descend into talking about things that we ought not talk about. We also have the opportunity to elevate the conversation and talk about the goodness of God, what we see him doing, how we have seen him moving, how we have seen him answering praise, sounding his praise with one another. Then in nine, it says he keeps us in life and does not allow our feet to slip. This also points to another Psalm, Psalm 91. So you can go over and look at how those complement each other in 10 and 11 and 12. This is a very challenging passage, these three verses. And I want you to take some time in 10, 11 and 12 and consider how this is true for you and how you have benefited from these truths in your own lives. So picking up in verse 10, it says, you have tried us, O God. Look, I am confident that you have been tried by the Lord, that you have been tested, that he has desired that you would grow. And because he desires for you to grow, because it is his highest good for you, that you would be molded into the image of his son, I am confident that you have been tested. Next, it says you have refined us as silver. Peter talks about this in First Peter, this whole refining process where the Lord purifies us, where he burns off the dross, all of that stuff in us that shouldn't be there, right? He burns it off, and that's for our good, but it is not painless. Then in 11, he says, you brought us into the net, When I read this, I'm reminded of many places in my life, many circumstances and situations in my life where I have found myself put, forced into a small, tight place. Probably you too. You have found yourself in small, tight, uncomfortable places where you didn't feel like you could completely stretch out, where you couldn't completely see where you were very uncomfortable. And yet, and yet, if you dare to believe in a sovereign God who ordains everything that comes in and out of your life, you have to know and embrace that that is his will for you to be in that small, tight, uncomfortable place for a time, for a time. Second half of 11 says, you laid an oppressive burden on our loins. Yes, in order to strengthen you and I, he lays burdens on us to strengthen us, to challenge us, to prepare us, to grow us. My husband and I, Davis, we like to work out and it's it's really a great stress reliever for both of us. So we like to go and I mean, don't overthink this and we do some running we do some lifting small weights lots of reps so yeah but I know the trainer that we work with is always telling us Rachel I want you to increase your your weight I want you to increase your 
your weight that you're lifting so that you can get stronger. Don't be content with what you were doing last week or last month. You need to increase it. You need to increase it. And you and I know, you and I sense that as we continue to persevere and follow hard after Christ, the weight sometimes is harder, but he is always with us. We are never doing it by ourselves. Remember, he says, come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. That yoke is for our good. It yokes us with him, so we're walking with him. It binds us to him, and it makes us stronger. And so when God allows these oppressive burdens on us, it is to grow us, to challenge us, to strengthen us, and to prepare us for the days ahead. You and I are going to need to continue to get stronger in our faith. So in the days ahead, when the challenges are bigger and and harder, we'll be prepared to face those. So all of these things that he is doing are for our good. In verse 12, it says, you made men to ride over our heads. What he's saying here is you've allowed people to persecute us, to criticize us, to make fun of us, to slander us. Yes, he has. He has allowed that. And you and I need to know how to stand against it. You and I need to learn how to stand against our critics, how to answer them, how to be silent before them. God has allowed these things for our good. Don't forget the warning that Jesus gave his disciples in the upper room discourse when he said to them, they hated me, they're going to hate you. You and I, in the words of Peter, should not be surprised when we're persecuted or criticized. God has allowed it for our good so that we can, in the words of Paul, share in his sufferings, right? And so these things are for our good. The second half of 12 says this, we went through fire and water, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. That is the cap on all of these things that God has allowed. He's allowed us to be tried, refined, brought into a net, laid an oppressive burden on us, made men ride over our shoulders, and yet, it says, you brought us into a place of abundance. You and I need to remember Isaiah writes in Isaiah 43, 1 through 3, about when you go through the fire, when you go through the water, I will be with you. It doesn't say if you go. It doesn't say if things get tough, don't worry, I'll be with you. It says when things get tough, I'm going to be with you. And we need to know that tough times are going to come, but he brings us out into a place of abundance. Remember the beginning of Psalm 23, beside still waters into green pastures. Then in 13, it says, I shall come into your house. I shall pay you my vows. 15, I shall offer you burnt offerings. And then the second half of 15, I shall make an offering of bulls with male goats. So I'm looking at these two verses, 15 and uh, no, just 15. I'm sorry. I'm looking at these two verses, 13 and 15, and I'm seeing four things that the author of this psalm says. I shall come, I shall pay, I shall offer, I shall make 
And this is in the NASB translation. And this is what stood out to me. I shall come. In these tough times and these trials that we've just talked about in the previous four verses, the point is we need to keep coming to God. It is very easy when you and I find ourselves being refined or tried. It's easy for us to stop going to God. But here the psalmist says, I keep coming to you. In the second half of 13, I shall pay you my vows. And this I hear, I got to keep the faith. I got to keep holding on to what I know is true, even when I'm being tried, even when I'm being refined. 15, I shall offer. So even in the midst of all of these trials and these challenges that God allows for our good, we need to keep up our disciplines. We need to keep spending time with him and praying to him. It's easy to give up when things are really hard. When the water's rising and the fire's heating up, it's easy to give up and to start not doing what we ought to be doing. We've got to keep doing our disciplines, meeting with God every day. And then the second half of 15, I will make an offering of bulls with goats. I got to tell you what we've got to do when we know we're being tried, when we know we're being challenged, when the burdens are getting heavier, when we're walking through those parts of our lives that we are trusting that God's doing something, but we can't see him. And frankly, we're feeling like we're hearing an echo back, we've got to keep on obeying him. We've got to keep going forward. We've got to hold on to what we know is true and that he is with us. Then in 16, we get our last two verbs, come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. Listen, We've got to make sure that as we go through these trials and these tests and these turbulent times, that we dare to testify about what God has done, how he has been present with us, how he has protected us, how he has provided for us in those trials. I can tell you, I have been and am in some really challenging turbulent water, some hot fire. But I can tell you, I will testify here and now to the goodness of God, to the goodness of God. It's hard. It is hard in the midst of it. When you feel like the water is rising and you feel like it's not stopping rising and you feel like the fire is getting hotter and hotter, but to hold on to what you know to be true, that he is with you. His word promises you and me that he will never leave us and never forsake us and that we can testify to his presence and his goodness even in the midst of the fiery, watery (laughs) trials that he allows in our lives. It says in 17, I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. In other words, I praised him, I acknowledged him, I worshiped him. And this is my encouragement to you. We have an opportunity when we're in those challenging trials, right? We can wait until we get to the other side, right, and praise him on the other side. And we can even negotiate with the Almighty and say, look, if you'll get me through this, I'll testify to you. But I'm going to boldly suggest to you, better yet, to praise him in the middle of it. 
Better yet, to acknowledge him for who he is, the sovereign of the universe. Better yet, to lift him high and to praise him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Better yet, to praise him in the midst of it. Because it is strengthening to our souls and our minds and our hearts to praise him in the middle of it in anticipation of what he's going to do. Because he's always in the process of glorifying himself and doing something for our good. And look, he answers our prayers. He answers our prayers. And not always in the way I wish he would, right? Because my prayers and my requests are often short-sighted, selfish, and sluggish. Often, characteristically, short-sighted. I don't have his perspective. He has the eternal perspective. But his will and his way is always good, pleasing, and perfect. Always, always, always. In verse 18, we have a warning. It says, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And you and I both need to know that. If there is something in my heart that is wicked, like I want revenge on someone else. I want them to get it, right? Or I'm coveting something else. Or I'm desiring anything but God, then God can't hear my prayers. I mute him. I mute him. But it says in 19, but certainly God has heard and he has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. I wanted to read then a couple of lines from the devotional book that I mentioned to you earlier. It is entitled, In the Lord I Take Refuge by Ortland, uh, published by Crossway. The commentary, and this is a great book. It's, it's all of the Psalms and then a couple of paragraphs just commenting on the truth of the Psalms and making it really practical. And the author writes this, It is tears, not smiles, that form the anvil on which solid joy in God is forged. Wow, let me say that again. It is tears, not smiles, that form the anvil on which solid joy in God is forged. We thank God for the mountaintop experiences with him, but it is in the valley where we find him nearest and dearest to us. Look, I know that that is true in my life, and I can know in this moment of trial in my own life, I can know that God is in the process of doing something glorious, because you know what? I do sense him near, and he is very dear to me in the midst of this, because I know he knows, I know he's here with me, I know he is doing something that will bring himself glory. I pray that you will enjoy studying Psalm 66. Dare to dig in, dare to dive in, dare to lean in, dare to squeeze out all that God has for you in this passage. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. 
moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.